Michael Fraser the second. Welcome to the Dribble Podcast. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for having me on. Now, before I ask you anything, I really want to acknowledge that you could have easily said no to this interview. It would have been easy for you to lay low, play out the season, and just not talk about anything because it's been hard enough for you as it is. So I think it's really worth acknowledging that you're here. So let's talk about the past few weeks and give you a chance to tell your story. Everyone knows what happened. The club went looking for John Brown to add a different sort of a look to the team. How did you get through it, given you had no control over what was happening? Well, yeah, I think it's no secret that it was a difficult situation, but, you know, to be honest, given how bad things had planned out during, panned out during the season, up to the time that they wanted to bring John in with the lack of clarity, you know, around how I would be used, actually, I was prepared to cut ties and, and start looking for other opportunities that were around. Um, so, I mean, I'm a pretty mentally tough guy and, you know, obviously, management or coaching staff wanted to make a move and that's really out of my control. And, um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot that I could do to control that. I obviously didn't want to leave my teammates, but, you know, like I said, obviously neither sides were happy with the way that it had been going up to that point. So, um, you know, I was ready to investigate other opportunities. So let's walk people through what happened then. We know the club was really upfront with you throughout the process, which was, which was really important. How did you learn that your position was in jeopardy and they were looking to go to John Brown? Was it a meeting? Was it a phone call? How, how did they manage yes. to convince you that, that it was all happening and that it was okay for you? Well, there were rumours and, you know, rumblings before the club came to me. Um, then once they told me in a meeting that they were bringing John in, I was preparing to leave. Um, the uncertainty that transpired after that, th- the meeting that I had with Scott and Danny was, it was frustrating not only for me, but also for my teammates who were trying to, you know, support me in the same time, like John's coming in and they want to welcome him into the squad in the middle of the season where we're trying to win games. So um, that was definitely an awkward position, but I think me and John handled it well. I don't think that's a secret. Um, you know, it wasn't an easy thing to do, but uh, we handled it like professionals. There was shock initially when the club decided against signing an import centre. That was what everyone was expecting. They went with yourself and Matt Hodgson, and everyone was expecting at the time that there would be a different mix with they went. And most people looked at it and went, you look like a really good player, but they've got a lot of people who would play your role in, in the team. Could, could you understand why they got to this point of the season and went, we're actually missing a piece of the puzzle and we've got a lot of other pieces that look a hell of a lot the same? Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, I understand why they wanted to do what they wanted to do. Um, but I also feel that if I was used, like I've been used my whole career, the need for a change may not have existed. Um, but, you know, I think things have a funny way of working their stuff out in the end. And I guess the club and I are exactly where we're meant to be. So I'm prepared mentally and physically to, you know, help the team win and, and be used however the team decides to use me from here. So we saw a bit of that on the weekend. You were used in a way which clearly suited you. How has your role changed then um, since this has all gone down? Because it's clear that you were doing different things and being asked to do different things in that Cairns game to what we'd seen earlier on in the season. Well, honestly, Craig, like that's how I played. That wasn't a a, a one-off game. Like um, that's what I'm used to. That's what I expect of myself. Um, I mean – now it's 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 a bit different because 
obviously all this stuff has happened and you know given the current situation like we need to win two games regardless of what any other team does like I want to help this team win two more games so you know I'm going out with that mentality to be in attack mode and um I think before it was a lot of just trying to be the glue guy and try and, you know, get in where I fit in. And that obviously wasn't working out for either side because neither, neither party was happy. But I think the way that I played last game, um, I think that, that, that game was brewing for a long time, but, you know, I got the opportunity that would allow me to show people what I can do a lot, allow me to show, you know, the coaching staff, what I can do in management. Um, and I honestly feel like my teammates, they see it every day in training. I do that all the time in training. So, you know, it wasn't a surprise to me. I know it wasn't a surprise to them, but maybe to like fans that haven't seen it all year, you know, I'm pretty sure they were happy to see that. But I mean, like I said, I expect that from myself. So, um, you know, I, I, I want to get better. I think I can play better. There were things that I did in the game that I, you know, I made mistakes and I can clean up those mistakes. So I'm always looking to improve and try to be better next game. So you talk about how, how you've played in the past. Like your three-point shooting stats as a professional across I – mean, I, I suppose as a college player across the board are extraordinary. Like they say you barely miss when you look at the over years of, of, of data. Um, was it, you were, just, were you just waiting for opportunities to really get those shots in the rotation and, and find the opportunity on the floor to, to showcase your skills? Uh, absolutely. Um, I mean – it's 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 crazy because you know like I said in training like I do that all the time like I've been I've been shooting the ball extremely well in training the entire year and you know when I when the games come the opportunities don't translate the same opportunities that I have in 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 practice playing my natural position and then you know going into the games and it, it's completely flipped or you know I'm not being use as much, not getting the same opportunities, the same looks like it, that it, it can't translate. So a lot of that stuff is out of my control. And I was, you know, that comes with a lot of frustration in itself. But at the time we were winning and that's what I came in to do. I came here to help the team win. So, you know, I was putting my needs on the back burner. But in order for this team to be the best that we can possibly be, like, I have to be the best version of myself. And I think people got to see a little snippet of that last game. So once you were told that your, that your position was likely to go to John, like, you were in a really interesting position because a lot of athletes, and we've seen this in the NBA, they go into disruption mode straight away if they're forced to hang around somewhere where they're, they're unhappy and things aren't working out. But you went the opposite way and tried to make it work. Like, Why did you stay instead of just going, well, he's here in the country, I'm not going to hang around for two weeks, I'm just going to di- disappear. Like, what, what, Why did you decide to, to try to remain part of the group in case you were acquired back? Well, I was prepared to leave. Um, and, you know, my agent was already starting to look at other opportunities for me. Um, but I stayed largely because it's not in my DNA to quit. And, um, you know, I wasn't raised that way. So I think that's mainly it. And plus, you know, the, the club wasn't releasing me because – or they hadn't released me officially because there was still uncertainty around if they were going to be able to get the John deal done, you know? So it wasn't like they 
you know, cut ties right then and there. Cause had they done that, then I would have been out, but it was like kind of that gray area. Um, and you know, I didn't, I really didn't want to leave my guys, you know, like my, I'm, I'm, I've grown really close to this group of guys. One of the best teams that I've been on. Um, and actually like me and Bryson gotten like pretty close. So, um, there was a emotional aspect too, that I still felt that attachment R- regardless of what was going on outside of that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to be on a, on a team with a great group of guys outside of basketball. So um, I think that kind of helped me in the whole situation, just helping me to keep my, my mental good um, on top of all the work I do, you know, on myself outside of that, like, you know, the reading and um, seeking advice from my peers and um, just always striving to be a better human because the man that I am, outside of basketball is, is bigger than the game. It's bigger than who I am as a player. So um, I think that's really just a testament of, to all this, this, the self-work that I've done um, over my entire career, um, just to be a better human. And who did you turn to for, for help, to who to talk to? Because I'd imagine you can't really turn to the coach. You can't really turn to the mm-hmm. CEO or, or anyone else. Florida is right. a long way away. Like, who are you turning to to vent to or to just look for some support when you're on the other side of the country to your family and friends and you know that you might not be here in a week's time? Well, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, it wasn't – it was more so um, – Bryce, Bryce was huge. Vic was huge. Um, Kevin White, Jesse Nordo. I mean, I could I could go down the line like Jack Purchase, um, Kyle, Matt. Like, I mean, these guys like really had my back um, this entire time. So, like I said, like it wasn't a it wasn't it wasn't a great situation to be a part of. But having those guys like knowing that they supported me through it all. Um, that 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 shows that they're so special, you know. And I'm I'm extremely fortunate to to be able to come in and work with these guys every day, you know. So, um, I mean, I know Scott had alluded to it in this press conference about you know having a partner that's dating somebody else. Well, I'm I'm happy that I'm dating my partner again. We just leave it at that. <laughs> and the, the, the even weirder part about the whole thing was that you and John Brown became mates while I was here. The photo of you and John mm-hmm. Brown embracing after the team won, and you're both on the bench. And like, I know you're both from Florida. You're a couple of years apart in age, and I don't think yeah. you ever crossed paths in the past. But how did you become so close so quickly with the guy who had the, the spot that you were both competing for was the same? Like, it must have been really weird, but you became friends. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't even think we were competing for a spot. It wasn't even that. Like, I think the spot was his. Had they been able to get the deal done, you know, it would have been his. Um, so, like I said, like earlier, that that stuff was out of my control and it wasn't his fault. You know, like he was a cool dude and we're from the same state and we're both far away from home. So I think that definitely helped. It was an awkward situation, but. I think we made it less awkward for every, for everyone, or maybe more awkward for some guys because you know they're like, why are they, why are they getting along so well? But I mean, I think it's just a testament of the type of men that me and John are, um, the way we went about the situation. So has the entire saga given you a different outlook on professional sport and how ruthless it is at the moment? Um, I don't think it has. Uh, you know, if if 
you know, the coaching staff and management feels like there needs to be a change made, then, you know, that's up to them. Um, but I've been a professional for more than this year, you know, and, and I've seen things and I understand like the business is the business. So you got to come in and do your job every day and focus on the things you can control and the things that you can't, you can't worry about them. You certainly have said it in the past. I was having a look at um, your history before, before we were chatting today. And if we go back to, two, to 2015, you, you were undrafted um, and then signed with the Lakers on August 25, 2015. You spent 57 days with them before you got waived. And 11 days later, you signed with their G League affiliate, the Defenders. You spent 78 days with them and then got traded to Iowa. That contract had lasted 50 days. And then you were signed by the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, which is the greatest name in the history of mankind, I reckon, the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. <laughs> so from August 25, 2015 to March 11, 2016, you trained with the Lakers and played with three clubs. Um, it, it just shows that in your industry, you, there's no security whatsoever, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that, that was my first kind of experience as a pro, you know, it was my first year out of school. So, um, that definitely got my mindset to where it, I, I think it helped get me to where it is now to, you know, along with a lot of other things, people support me. And like I said, having peers that I can bounce things off of and, and, and seek advice from, um, but that I think everything is always equipping you for something greater. You know, I always try and have that, that mindset. Um, and it's no different from, from this situation that I've just gone through. Um, you know, I always try and look at the positives and, and see what I can gain from it. See how can I, how, how can I get better from it and, you know, move on. Everyone speaks about your positive attitude, and it, it seems to be a real part of your career and your life. Is it a family thing? Is that something that's been instilled in you from the family always, or is it a professional thing that someone else has, has drawn into you? Uh, well, I would probably say it comes a lot from, you know, the way I was raised, um, like not to quit, uh, very high on respect and discipline, um, work ethic, and I think all of those things have allowed me to – get to where I am today and, you know, has allowed me to experience the things that I've experienced and be on the things that I've been a part of. And ultimately the success that I've had um, has all been in large part of those things and my upbringing and, you know, the way that you carry yourself and the way that you treat people and, you know, how hard you work and all of those things. So, I mean, my value system as a man is, is bigger than who I am as a player. And, that's largely in part to my family, my dad. Um, you know, he he raised me pretty well. I would I would say. Um, so yeah, a lot of that credit just goes to him, my parents. So tell me a bit more about the family. I know you're you're one of many many children. I think there's six of you, yeah. is my memory. Yeah. Um, yep. Your dad's Michael yep. Frazier the first, so that's where Michael Frazier the second comes yep. from. T tell me all about yep. what the, what what your upbringing was like, family life, living back in America. Mm -hmm. Um, well, yeah, there's six of us. I'm the, I'm the eldest. So, um, I was always the, the role model, you know, good and bad. If, if I made a mistake, my dad, you know, had to make an example out of me, um, for the younger ones. And also, you know, I tried to make a standard of the type of human beings that, you know, we want to represent the Frazier family. Um, and that's, that's, 
like I said, like a large a large part of that is due to the way my dad raised me. Like when you go through adversity, when when life gets tough, like you don't quit. You know, you keep going because you can't stop the sun from shining. Bryce told me that actually, but you know, my dad always said like, no matter what happens, like it, this too shall pass. You know, and you just got to keep your head, got to keep your head down, keep working hard. Um, the truth that I, I think every man is going to be tested at some point in his life. And when he's tested, you know, when he goes through that adversity, that's when his real character is going to show, you know? So I didn't, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want a, a specific situation or, or somebody else to define the type of man that I am, regardless of what it is. Everybody has their challenges in life and, you know, it can't rain forever and you just got to stay strong, you know? And I, I think that's, that's what I that's what I've done my entire life, really, because this ain't the first time I've been through adversity. Like I tore my quad at 22 years old, 23 years old. And doctors told me that I had to retire. So like I'm playing with house money at, if, if I was going to listen to them, you know, so I go out there and I give everything that I have every single day. I work my tail off every day. And that's the reason why I can have the success that I've had. Like nobody's ever given me anything. People have always doubted me. I've always had people doubt me and, you know, second guessing me. So this is this is nothing new. You know, I, I'm, I'm equipped for this. This is who I am as a man and the type of player that I am. Like my resume speaks for itself. When people go look that up. It speaks for itself. Like I don't I don't play with a chip on my shoulder. Like people were saying, oh, we, we want to see the chip. Like it ain't no chip. That's how I play. That's how I that's how I know how to play. It's the only way I know how to play. That's that's me as a as a player, you know, so. I mean, it. It. I, I think coaches and media were talking about lack of confidence. It wasn't never that, you know. I I've come to the conclusion through working from it and, and and really, you know, looking myself in the mirror. I think that was more lack of certainty in 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 my role and my minutes, you know, and my opportunities than it was a confidence issue. Um. So I mean, given all of this, man, like I'm just. I'm excited to still be here and I'm excited to go chase this championship, you know, because that's what I came here to do. But I want I want to I want to be I want to be the Michael Frazier that I know I can be for my teammates and for the fans that supported me through all this, because I was getting a lot of fan love when it was looking like I was going to be out of here. And then once the, 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 the deal with John fell through, I mean, people were just flooding my DMs with positive positive messages and, and positive energy and you know it what I, I I don't I always try and keep that stuff in perspective but that just shows me like how much Red Army is like some of the best fans that I've ever been able to play in front of you know and that's why I'm still so excited to be a part of this club regardless of what happened you know I'm, I'm very happy to be here and, and continue to work towards that goal that I came here with the, the crowd certainly showed their voice for you when you ran out before the games, um, the past two games, when your name was read out, the, the, the cheering was was quite clear. Um, you ended up in the crowd twice against Cairns and you had a bounce about the way you played, I thought, which was fantastic. And this is a good time for me to mention the, the Dribble Podcast MVP Awards, which we have on the, on this uh, podcaster. Michael, um, and you were in those votes from the game against Cairns. I went one vote from the game against Cairns to Matt Hodgson. Two votes to Michael and three votes to Bryce Cotton for his 22 points and 10 assists. So I think you'll 
Brian Bryce is a bit annoyed he wasn't credited with an 11th assist for a pass late in the game. And against Adelaide, it was one vote to Todd Blanchfield, two votes to Vic Law, and three votes to Matt Hodgson. So Bryce Cotton is now on 56 votes with an eight-point gap, eight gap on Vic Law in second place. As you mentioned your, your record. Um, it's been amazing when you look at your experience. Like two G League grand finals for one championship. Uh, in one of those stats, in, the, in one of those games in the deciding contest, Michael had 24 points, nine rebounds, six assists, two seals and a block. Also got on court for the Houston Rockets in the 2020 NBA final series against LeBron James and the Lakers. Um, it's a, you've had a lot of success over the years. What, what do you put this success down to from a team perspective, your ability to, to fit into any sort of environment? Um, well, I think for one, it's been my work ethic. Um, my discipline, my determination, um, my hunger to get better as a player, my hunger to get better as a person, um, you know, my respect for the game, uh, my mental toughness. I mean, there's a lot of things that I could credit to that, but also, you know, having the right people in my ear, having the right people supporting me in my corner, um, and then opportunity. You know, sometimes you just need opportunity and they don't always come when you want them to. But, you know, my dad always told me that the cream going to rise to the top. And when your opportunity presents itself, you got to be ready, you know, so you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And that's what I've done this entire year. So, you know, like I said, I'll go back to it. that game. It wasn't that wasn't a surprise to me. Like, that's I expect that, you know, I, I, I work, I practice like that. So. I mean, that was a long time coming. And you mentioned your injuries before. Like, that quad was horrendous, everything I've read about mm-hmm. it. And you had a broken arm mm-hmm. as well, which was pretty ordinary also. Like, you've been, you, you, have, you have had some injuries this year as well with the hamstring and the, the knee, and, and I think it was cork was the other one. Like, you haven't had it easy with your life, have you, from a, an injury perspective? You've copped some pretty big ones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, I think all that adversity just – if you if you use it the right way, it can just help you become a better person and, and you know make you stronger. Because every time that I've gone through something in my life, I always come out on the other side. You know, a better man, a better player. Um, and this has been no different. So um, yeah, the injuries this year have been been frustrating, but I also think that um, you know trying to trust the medical staff and. You know, I'm not always the easiest guy to, to deal with when it comes to certain injuries, but there have been there's been some miscommunication sometimes on, you know, many restrictions and things like that. And, you know, when I can play versus when I can't, um, you know, that's definitely been frustrating. But, you know, Dan and those guys, they're great. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Are you off restrictions this week? Obviously, we don't know whether Vic Law is going to be available at this point. It's 2.25 p.m. on Monday we're recording this. There's no news on Vic um, with his ankle. Do you know if you're fully able to play this week or are you still on some sort of restriction? Well, I hope I hope I'm not. <laughs> I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And tell me, how have you found WA while well, you've been over here? I know we were, we, you and I bumped into each other at the airport when you were heading to Tasmania um, j- shortly yeah. after Christmas. And, and I said, what did you do for Christmas Day? And you said, I went to the beach. It was awesome. I thought it was 43 degrees. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're doing at the beach, but it feels like you've settled in really, really well in, into this state and, and are enjoying the opportunity to be here. Yes, I am. I'm enjoying it so much. And um, my time here has been great outside of basketball. I, I, I love Perth. I love WA. <laughs> Um, 
I love the beaches. The people are super nice. The restaurants are good. Um, it's just a good quality of life. The weather's beautiful. Um, yeah, like my neighbors are nice. So it's 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 been really it's been a, a, a great a grand experience outside of basketball. Um, so I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Well, hopefully you can get the good experiences for the rest of the season on the court as well as off the court. How's the team feeling heading into really important two games this week to try to lock away that finals berth? Yeah, I think I think we're ready. I think we're locked in. Um, you know, I, I think this is the most locked in that we have to be because our season's on the line right now. We have to approach every day in practice like that um, with that type of seriousness um, and just go out there and execute you know, what, what Scott's asking us to do. And I think, you know, it'll all work out. It'll, it'll work itself out. Uh, well, Brent, look, thank you so much for coming on. Like, as I said at the top, the easiest thing in the world for you to would, have, would have been to avoid interviews. Um, but I think you've shown an amazing insight into your character all season uh, with the way we've watched you. And I think this is another shining example for how people can handle tough times. So I really appreciate you coming on because mm-hmm. it's not a simple situation to be in. Yeah, Craig, I, I appreciate you having me on, man. It was it was a good interview. Um, you know, I, I appreciate you allowing me, giving me the platform to give my side of the story because I, I think a lot of people were just perceiving it from, you know, whatever they were being fed during the time, and I didn't really have a chance to dis- discuss how I was feeling about it. Um, I think things can get misconstrued in that type of situation, so thank you for giving me that opportunity. Michael Frazier the second, everybody. We hope he continues to have a fantastic year and hopefully all the dreams that you've had coming to Australia can now come true. So good luck for the rest of the season. Thanks, Chris.